Hello there, and welcome to Gilded in Blood, the Horror Lit Podcast. My name is Kevin. It is time again for a short shock. Uh, we had a bit of a twofer last week. We had a short shock and a novella. Today, just a short shock. Uh, and a, a rather short one. It's a pretty short story, and it's one that has been... Uh, taught all over the place. So a lot of you may actually be familiar with it. However, if you are not familiar with this story, this is one that I'm going to insist that you read before you listen to the episode. Uh, it has a wonderful ending to it, and I do not want to be the one who ruins it. So it's a really short story. You can type it into Google. I'm sure it's all over. It's, it's in the public domain. You can find it anywhere. This is Ambrose Beers's an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. So you you have your directions, <laughs> whether you're going to listen to me or not, that's probably up in the air, but uh, I really hope you do listen to me. Go read this story on your own first, and then come back and listen to the, uh, the episode, and I think you'll enjoy yourself a little bit more. But if you've already read it, or if you already know the story, or if you just don't give a crap about my opinion, you're just going to do it anyway, that's fine. Let's go ahead and get into an occurrence at Owl Creek bridge. So we start off in the middle of the Civil War down in Alabama. And the scene on Owl Creek Bridge is that there is a gentleman uh, standing on the one end of a plank, kind of over the edge of the bridge. His hands are tied behind him. There is a noose around his neck, and it is tied. The other end is tied to one of the cross ties up above him. And on the other end of this plank is standing a Union soldier. Now there are Union soldiers on the bridge. They're kind of keeping this nice and secure. We have a, a sergeant at arms. Uh, who is overseeing everything, and one would guess that the gentleman on the other end <laughs> of the plank uh, with the noose around his neck is a Confederate sympathizer. So this is the scene that we begin with, and this is a story that more than most really avails somebody to paying attention to tiny little details. Ambrose Beers really uh, digs in with details on the story, and for a good reason. They all kind of contribute to what happens throughout the story and especially the end. So there's uh, quite a bit of time spent describing exactly this whole setup, who's where, and, and kind of fixing this scene in your mind. Now, the man being hanged, his name is Peyton Farquhar, and we're going to learn that in the next section, but uh, he knows that he is about to die. He knows that once that sergeant steps off the other side of the board, the board's going to tilt, he is going to fall down, and he's going to be hanged. And he he kind of, everything slows down for him as he approaches that moment. He looks down into the stream. It looks like the water's flowing very, very slowly. He kind of closes his eyes and fixes his mind on his wife and his child, uh, who are kind of not near the front line of, of the battle right now, for which he's very, very grateful. And he thinks to himself, man, if I could just... If I could just throw off these these uh, this rope from my wrists, and I can take the noose off my neck. I could probably jump into that water. Uh, I dive down deep, and if they shot, they they probably wouldn't hit me. They're at that range. They're not going to be all that accurate, and I could get home to my family. Uh, it would be so wonderful. And just as he's thinking this, the sergeant steps aside, and the board tilts. Now, at that moment, we have a break. 
in the story. And we get a little bit of a background. Peyton Farquhar is a plantation owner in the in the South and in, in Alabama. And one day, a soldier dressed in Confederate uh, uniform comes by his uh, his plantation, and he of course gives him some something to drink, something to eat, and uh, he asks him, "How's it going? What's what's going on with the war?" And this uh, soldier says that the Union is, of course, advancing, and the linchpin of all this is the Owl Creek Bridge. If they can get across the Owl Creek Bridge, they can bring all their supplies, and further south is going to be in a lot of trouble. And uh, Peyton says, well, how far is it to this bridge? He tells him, well, it's, it's about this many miles. And he says, "What? what's the condition of the bridge? And the soldier says, well, there's a lot of dead driftwood up against the bridge. So if somebody set fire to that bridge, that bridge would go up in smoke. I mean, it wouldn't take it any time at all. And Peyton kind of smiles and says, okay, thank you very much for the information. And then we kind of leave this scene and we follow the Union soldier and he goes down the road. And then after nightfall, he goes back up the road to the bridge, and it turns out that this was a federal scout who was actually a Union soldier. So, of course, he wrangled Peyton into going into onto the bridge with the express uh, <laughs> purpose of burning it down, only to fall into a trap set by this soldier. So that is why Peyton Farquhar was standing there with a noose around his neck. He was captured, he was duped into doing this, he was captured, and he was summarily uh, ordered to be executed. And that is the little second section. And then we on the third section, we go back to the main action. And as he's falling, he loses consciousness for a second, and then all of a sudden he feels this terrible uh, pressure on his neck and his neck didn't break. He's hanging there by the rope. Uh, he can't breathe. And then all of a sudden everything rushes up and he falls into the water. And what he realizes is that the rope has broken and that he is now in the stream. Now he can't breathe because the rope is still uh, cinched around his neck, so he's not going to drown, but uh, very quickly he's going to lose air and die. So he, he struggles with his bonds and he finally gets his hands free and he takes the noose off of his neck and and goes up to the surface and breathes, and he has escaped. Well, maybe not, because the soldiers on the bridge are taking aim and starting to shoot at him. So he does exactly what he had thought about. He dives deep so that the bullets uh, have less of a chance of hitting him. And then when he comes back up, it's, there's this curious moment where he starts kind of talking to himself. And he thinks to himself, well, the, the sergeant isn't going to do that, uh, that volley again. He's probably going to say, open fire and, and people can individually sight. And then all of a sudden individual bullets start hitting around him. And then he says to himself, well, uh, now that I'm further away, they're probably going to use the cannon and probably going to use some grape shot, which are a lot of small little individual uh, lead balls rather than one big one. And of course they shoot the grape shot and it rattles in the trees above him, but he does not get hit by any of this. And eventually, the stream takes him so far downstream that it kind of curves. He is lost to the sight of the people on the bridge, and he is literally now free. He, is, he has actually escaped. 
So finally, he's able to get over to the uh, the shore of the of the river and get up onto it and and kind of relax for a moment, catch his breath, uh, look at his good fortune and in in that he has escaped being hanged, uh, and now it's time to head home. And this this section is very interesting. He he kind of gets onto the road and starts walking and walks all day. And what he starts to realize is that things look wilder than he remembers. He didn't know that he had lived in so wild a region. There's like one little path, but there's no paths uh, branching off of it to other plantations or anything else. It's just this really wild, tangled undergrowth that he is being almost led through. And then the sun, of course, starts to go down and starts to become dark. And he looks up through the trees and he sees stars arranged in odd constellations, constellations he doesn't even recognize. Uh, And he almost thinks that he hears uh, whispers uh, coming from the woods around him. It's kind of a creepy scene. It's, It's really, really well done. And all of a sudden that this next paragraph is in present tense. Everything was in past tense. He did this. He, he, he thought that and everything. And then all of a sudden it's in present tense. Uh, apparently he has fallen asleep because now he sees his house and he sees his plantation. He is made at home and he sees his wife standing there smiling and his child. And she's, she's dressed wonderfully. And, and he goes through the gates and goes up onto the porch. And just as he is about to uh, embrace his wife, he feels this terrible blow at the back of his neck, and all of a sudden, everything is dark. And the last sentence of the story is, Peyton Farquhar was dead, his body with a broken neck swung gently from side to side beneath the timbers of the Owl Creek Bridge. And that's the story. So it's it's a wonderful little story. Uh, it's it's a great twist ending. I, I think you you can probably have seen it coming. Uh, I certainly did the first time I read it. Uh, you know, most people do kind of figure out hey, something's going on, but it's it's there's so little time between the time that uh, the weird things start happening. The uh, his mentioning that the constellations are different and everything, and all of a sudden that last line kind of hits you in the head and. And uh, it's a wonderful little trick story. But as I said, this is a story that really rewards people for paying attention to little details. Uh, you know, before he is hanged, before the sergeant steps off of that plank and allows him to fall, he fixes his mind on his wife and child. And of course, that's what plays out in his little fantasy as he's falling through the air. Um, he, uh, at one point, I, I didn't mention this, but it's, it's a really wonderful detail. Uh, while he's walking along all day, he's hot, he's sweaty, he's tired, he's thirsty. Uh, and he, of course, his throat is all swollen because of the rope around it. And his tongue starts sticking out between his lips because he's so thirsty. And of course, that is the uh, the image of somebody who has been hanged, the tongue swells and pokes out between the lips. Uh, the, that wonderful little scene in the river where he's calling the shots, where he's, he's anticipating what is actually going to happen. And then, of course, it does happen. Well, of course, that is his mind creating this uh, situation. Uh, and it's, it's a lovely story in that the whole of the story, every single bit of the story, from beginning to end, literally takes place in less than a minute. 
the whole story, it all takes place in less than a minute because all of this fantasy happens just as he's falling in before his neck breaks uh, underneath the Owl Creek Bridge. It's a great great story. I highly recommend, hopefully you paid attention and, and you listened to me and you went out and read it first. As I said, it is not a very long story. It's a, quite a short story. But uh, if you <laughs> blithely ignored me uh, and, and listened to it first, it's still really worth your time to go check it out. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic. It's a classic short story of kind of macabre fiction. Uh, not necessarily supernatural, but still kind of horrific in, in and the implications. It's a really good story. Go check it out. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. All right. So that brings us to the end of this very, very short episode here, but uh, I'm going to kind of give you a preview of what we're going to get into next month. Next month is of course, Halloween month. Yes, I know it's October, but I call it Halloween month. Uh, it's, it's the spooky season. Finally, we're back to the spooky season. Uh, if, if, just our weather would get on track. It's still like in the upper 80s with 80% humidity here. It's it's miserable, but I'm hoping in October it's going to cool down a little bit. But we are, of course, going to, just as we did last October, we're going to kind of set aside some time and talk about some stuff that's not necessarily horror lit. Last year, we talked about kind of my favorite 100 horror movies, uh, which is kind of the the default, the go-to <laughs> when we're talking about horror, horror media. Uh, this time, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk about episodic horror and not necessarily just horror on TV, but rather uh, specific um, self-contained episodes that tell a complete story arc in each episode. So uh, I came up with four of those. We have five weeks in October, uh, so you'll get five shows. And I came up with four, and I'm going to keep them to myself. You're going to find out as I as I tell them uh, that I can pull a favorite ten from each of those four uh, specific shows. And then I kind of juggled about the fifth. I was like, well, I have to have a fifth one to fill out that fifth week, but I couldn't come up with another show that I felt so strongly about 10 specific episodes. So I thought that, uh, the, the final week, or, or rather the first week, because that's what we're going to get into next week. That's going to be the first of our five weeks of episodic horror for this uh, Halloween of 2023. It's going to be a runners-up. It's going to be a list of 10 shows that do episodic horror, or episodic stories of which some are horror, but I don't know enough about them, so, uh, or I, I haven't watched all of them, or I watched them so long ago that I can't really come up with 10 that I feel terrible strongly about in each one of those shows. So I'm going to give you 10 shows to check out if you love episodic horror. That is going to be next week. And then the following week, we're going to get into the first, second, third, and then fourth of our four shows that I feel strongly enough about that I can give you my top 10 in each one of those shows. So that's what's coming up this October. Uh, stay tuned. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give me... <laughs> Good old Kevin, a reading break. Uh, it is... <laughs> It's intense <laughs> reading stuff every single week and preparing shows. So it's, it's good for me to get a little bit of a break. So this is going to be my break. We're just going to talk about episodic horror throughout October, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you're tuning in and uh, hopefully I'll give you some ideas of stuff that you can go out and watch during the spooky season leading up to what is clearly the best day of every single year, 
Halloween. <laughs> Sorry, Christmas. It's Halloween. <laughs> All right. So that's what's coming up next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, of course, for uh, tuning in. As always, I really appreciate you uh, coming and, and hearing my thoughts on these uh, wonderful stories. Thanks, of course, to Slaughterhouse for the use of his music. That is Slaughterhouse with a five instead of an S. You can find his work on Bandcamp. You can find out what I am reading at any given point in time at thestorygraph.com. Username Libris Leonis, L-I-B-R-I-S underscore L-E-O-N-I-S. You can go to gildedinblood.com. You can check out more episodes. You can go to the articles section and look at the post called stickers and find out how to get yourself a Gilded in Blood sticker. And they are free of charge, but you do have to do something for them. So go read that article and find that out. Until next time, until October, it's coming up. Uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe and stay spooked.